Well, welcome to each one of you. And we indeed are glad that you are here worshiping with us online today. We are glad that you are with us. Well, the title of my message is Get Ready, because there are a lot of things that we need to get ready for. Amen? There are a lot of things in this life. In the book of Exodus, we read about the Israelites, and I'm sure that you're familiar with the Israelites. The Israelites were in bondage in Egypt for many years. Moses asked Pharaoh several times to let them go. But each time that Pharaoh refused, they were met by a different plague. And we read about these plagues in Exodus. So after refusing several times, the final last plague before it came, just before that last plague came, God gave specific instructions to Moses and Aaron and told them to get the Israelites ready because they were going to leave. And so if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me today to Exodus chapter 12? And we'll be reading some selected verses. Exodus chapter 12. Starting from verse 1, it says this. When the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat a whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat, with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the 14th day of this first month. And then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides of the top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. Verse 11, these are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals, and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. On that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is the law for all time. For seven days, the bread you eat must be made without yeast. On the first day of the festival, remove every trace of yeast from your homes. Anyone who eats bread made with yeast during the seven days of the festival will be cut off from the community of Israel. On the first day of the festival, and again on the seventh day, 
all the people must observe an official day for holy assembly. No work of any kind may be done on these days except in the preparation of food. Celebrate this festival of unleavened bread, for it will remind you that I brought your forces out of the land of Egypt on this very special day. This festival will be a permanent law for you. Celebrate this day from generation to generation. The bread you eat must be made without yeast from the evening of the 14th day of the first month until the evening of the 21st day of that month. During those seven days, there must be no trace of yeast in your homes. Anyone who eats anything made with yeast during this week will be cut off from the community of Israel. These regulations apply both to foreigners living among you and the native-born Israelites. During those days, you must not eat anything made with yeast. Wherever you live, eat only bread made without yeast. In verse 24, Remember these instructions are a permanent law that you and your descendants must observe forever. When you enter the land the Lord has promised to give you, you will continue to observe this ceremony. Then your children will ask, what does the ceremony mean? And you will reply, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, for he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt, and though he struck the Egyptians, he spared our families. When Moses had finished speaking, all the people bowed down to the ground and worshipped. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed we thank you for who you are. We thank you for this opportunity to worship you by gathering together. And we thank you, Lord, that we can listen and hear your word and hear you speak. And so, God, we pray that you would open up our minds and our hearts today, that you would speak through your Holy Spirit, and that you would help us to be obedient, to respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. In this passage of scripture, we read about the Israelites getting ready for a journey. Now, if you're anything like me, you like to know where you're going, right? You like to know what the dress code may be, what the weather may be, what to take, because you want to be prepared. Now, all the Israelites knew was that they were going. They were getting out of Egypt, but they did not know where they were going. They didn't know what that was going to look like and what would happen to them. The Israelites were so close to the embarking on the biggest journey of their lives, yet they had no idea what to expect. All they knew was, it's time to get ready. As we've entered into this new year, this journey for us, like the Israelites, have a lot in common. We may not know this year what it's going to happen. We may not know what it's going to look like or what will take place. But we do know that we do need to get ready for it. The people were told in preparation for this Passover to select for themselves either a lamb or a goat. They were told to do so. And in verse 4, they were told if a family is too small to eat the whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Let them divide the animal according to the size and how much they will eat. God specifically told them this. And in other words, what he was saying was, if you have more than enough, 
then share it with another family who doesn't have enough. You see, they were told to get ready, and by doing this, they were told to share what they had. In the same way, may we get ready to share what we have with others. Get ready to share what you have and what I have with others. Now, it is a simple truth that being generous is very difficult for a lot of people. It's, it's difficult. The, the reality is that it's very difficult for us to give away things that are ours, things that we've earned, worked hard for, acquired. It's very difficult no matter who it is that we may be giving it to. Even children have a hard time sharing things. With toys, they would often say that it's mine, right? Those of you who are parents or grandparents, you probably experience that with your own children or grandchildren because they have this understanding that if I got it, then why should I have to give it away? Being generous can be very difficult for many people. But I want to commend many of you who are generous people, many of you who give generously to the work of our church, many of you who have given generously to Cuba missions, many of you who have given generously over the Christmas holidays, whether donating food items to our food pantry, giving gift cards to grocery stores for families in need, donating gently used coats or toys or, or different things. I want to commend you for being generous people. May God truly bless you and reward you for that. But the truth is that there are still a lot of people who have a difficult time parting with many things that belong to them. But God expects us. He not only wants us to be, but he expects us to be generous people, to share what we have with others. Because when we think about it, the fact is that he has blessed us with these things, and he expects us in turn to be generous with what he has given us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 8 says this, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. May we truly give generously in this journey of life. May we remember all the blessings that God has bestowed on us, all of the things that we have. We often have more than we need, and may we be generous with what God has given us. On this journey of life, may we get ready to be generous and to share what we have with others. So the Israelites were given specific instructions about the kind of sacrifice they were to get. They were also told what to do with its blood, even how to cook the meal. And God gave them specific instructions on even how to eat the meal. God was very specific with what he told them. In verse 11, he says, these are your instructions for eating the meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals, and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. They were to eat this meal as if at any moment they were going somewhere. They were to eat this meal as if they were going to be leaving at any moment. 
They knew that God was getting ready to move them. They just didn't know when. They didn't know when that was going to happen. So they needed to be ready for whenever God chose to tell them it was time to go. In the same way, we need to get ready for how the Lord might lead us or move us. Get ready for how the Lord might lead you in your life and how he might move you in different ways. Inside their homes, the Israelites ate a meal of roasted lamb, bitter herbs, and bread made without any yeast. Unleavened bread could be made quickly because the dough didn't have to rise. Thus, they could leave at any time. And as the commentators say, bitter herbs signified the bitterness of slavery that they were in. The Israelites needed to be ready to leave at any time. They were told to eat with their clothes on in a hurry because at any moment it would be time for them to go. Like them, we too need to be ready at any time for how God might use us, for situations and opportunities that he might place in our way, in our path, or how he might move us. The commentators say eating the Passover feast while dressed for travel was a sign of the Hebrews' faith. Although they were not yet free, they were to prepare themselves, for God had said he would lead them out of Egypt. Their preparation was an act of faith, preparing ourselves for the fulfillment of God's promises, however unlikely they may seem, demonstrates our faith. You see, even though they were not yet free, they needed to prepare for that freedom. They needed to get themselves ready. You may be waiting and praying for God to open up a door of opportunity, for God to answer a specific prayer for you, for God to do something exciting in your life. And we need to pray and we need to trust him, but we also need to get ready for when that happens, to prepare ourselves and act in faith that he will move and he will open up that door. Pray and ask God. We're not only to get ready, but we're to be ready, to stay ready for when that comes. Get ready and be ready for a certain job position or career path that may open up. Get ready and be ready for a future school that you may want to get into. Get ready and be ready for a future husband or wife that you may cross paths with. Get ready and be ready for the healing that will take place in your life. Get ready and be ready to help someone in need. Someone that you may come across and see that there's a need in their life and that you are able to meet it. Get ready to help meet that need. Get ready and be ready to lead someone to Christ. There are many opportunities that we may have in talking to someone, and we need to get ready for when that opportunity comes and we start talking to them, and we see they are ready to accept Christ. Are you ready to lead someone to Christ? We also need to get ready and be ready to meet the Lord at any time. We need to make sure that we are ready. One of the most important things that we could ever get ourselves ready for is heaven. And we need to be ready at any moment's notice, at any time the Lord may call us home. We need to make sure that we are ready to meet the Lord face to face. 
on this journey of life, may we get ready for how the Lord might lead us and move us. So the Israelites were ready to go. They were eating ready to go. They were ready at any moment's notice. But they needed to make sure that they stayed in their homes until it was time. It was very specific and very important that they didn't leave their home, but they stayed until God told them when to go. In verse 12, it says, On that night I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord but the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. You see, what God was doing here was he was bringing judgment upon Egypt. He was bringing judgment against them, and it wasn't enough for the Israelites to just say that they were believers in God. It wasn't enough for them to claim to be a Hebrew. It wasn't enough for them to be safe. What they needed to do was to be very specific in following God's instructions, in putting the blood on their doorposts and staying inside the home as he commanded them. They needed to act on their belief and do what God told them to do. That was the only way that they would be safe. It's the only way that they would be spared is if they listened to God and stayed in the home that was covered by the blood of the animal that was sacrificed. Do you see where I'm going with this? My friends, in the same way, it's not enough for us to simply call ourselves Christian. It's not enough to say that we are believers in God without truly believing in him and acting on that faith, on that belief. We must act on our belief and truly live a life that is changed and transformed by God. Truly live a life that reflects what we claim we believe and that starts with making a decision to trust in Jesus. We need to make sure to get ready to make a decision to trust in Jesus. Get ready to make a decision to trust in Jesus. We need to make sure that we're doing this. For the Israelites, they needed to be under the roof where the lamb or the goat's blood that was sacrificed was smeared. They needed to make sure that they were under that covering. For us today to truly be forgiven and saved, we must be covered by the blood of Jesus, the one who shed his blood for us. And that starts with trusting in him. That starts with having a relationship with him. And so I ask you the question, are you trusting in Jesus? Are you trusting in Jesus as your Savior and Lord? Are you trusting in him and have you made a definite decision for yourself? A personal decision to accept him. It's not enough for us to just say that we believe, but we must make that decision for ourselves. We have to get ready to meet him at any time. We need to get ready, and that starts with making a decision to trust in him. On this journey of life, 
May we take the first step to get ready and make a decision to trust in Jesus. It's the most important decision that you'll make. It's the most important decision that you'll make this year, next year, the year after. It's the most important decision that you will ever make in your life. The Israelites needed to follow God's specific instructions about this Passover. They were told what to do. The festival of Passover was to be an annual holiday in honor of the night when the Lord passed over the homes of the Israelites. The Hebrews followed God's instructions by smearing the blood of the lamb on the door frames of their homes. That night, the firstborn son of every family that did not have the blood on their door frames was killed. The lamb had to be killed in order to get the blood that would protect them. This foreshadowed the blood of Christ, the Lamb of God, who gave his blood for the sins of all people. Are you trusting in Jesus? Are you covered by his blood? Are you under his protection? I challenge you to think about that. This Passover was to be something that they would continue to celebrate. They were told that it would be something that they would celebrate from generation to generation, that they were to remember and to celebrate. In verse 14, it says, This is a day to celebrate. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the law. This is a law for all time. Not only did God tell them to celebrate, but he made it a law. He commanded that this is what they do. It's a bit strange that God would tell us that we have to celebrate, right? It's something that often comes natural. However, God wanted to make sure that they were celebrating the right thing. He wanted to make sure that they were remembering what he had done in their lives, how he had spared them, what he had helped them to overcome. In the same way, we too need to get ready to celebrate what the Lord has done in our lives. We need to get ready to celebrate what God has done in our life, not just the wonderful things that we accomplish, not just the wonderful things that happen, but the things that he specifically has done in our lives that we know we could not do without him. We need to celebrate that. The things that we may have prayed for for many years, the things that we may have waited for, we need to not just receive them and keep them to ourselves, but to celebrate and give God credit for them, to remember his blessings, to remember his benefits, to remember the things that he has done, and to talk about them and share them with other people. We're not only to remember them, but to tell others as well. That's why we encourage testimonies. That's why we love hearing what God has done in your life, in the lives of other people, because it helps us to know that he is still a God at work, that he is still a miracle-working God, that he is still doing good things, even though around us may seem like chaos and may seem like there are so many bad things happening. We need to remember and celebrate what God has done and is doing in our lives. They were told, remember these instructions are a permanent law that you and your descendants must observe forever. 
When you enter the land the Lord has promised to give you, you will continue to observe the ceremony. Verse 26, it says, Then your children will ask, What does the ceremony mean? And you will reply, It is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, for he passed over the homes of the Israelites in Egypt, and though he struck the Egyptians, he spared our families. You see, they were told not just to remember this for themselves, but to pass it on from generation to generation to generation. In the same way, we have a responsibility to teach our family, our children, our grandchildren about the goodness of God. We're to teach them about God's laws, about his commandments, about what he teaches us, what he expects of us. We're to teach them these things. And I want to encourage you to spend time to teach Teach your children about the Lord, to pray with them, to teach them the essential basics of Christianity, because if we don't do it, no one else will. We need to pass it on from generation to generation so that they will know that God is good and what he has done in our lives. It is so important. When the world tells us to live contrary to what the Bible teaches us, it's important for us to have a strong foundation in God. The Israelites had no idea about the journey that God was taking them on. They knew only that they were leaving Egypt and that they needed to get ready. And what they needed to do was to trust God and to obey everything that he said, having confidence that he was going to be with them every single step of the way. On this journey of life, and specifically in this new year, we may not know what this year holds, what it will look like for us, what's going to happen, how things will be different from what we're used to. But one thing that we can be certain is that God is with us and he will not leave us. And we need to get ready. Get ready to share what you have with others. Get ready for how the Lord will lead you or move you. Get ready to make a decision to trust in Jesus and get ready to celebrate what the Lord has done in your life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed we thank you for your word and for the truths that we can learn from you. We pray that, Lord, you would help us on this journey of life and all that we encounter and all that we do to get ready, to get ready for things that you will present in our path, for opportunities that you will give us, for things that will happen. Lord, we pray that you will remind us of your presence, that you will remind us that you are right there with us, and we thank you for that promise and the confidence that we can have in you. May you continue to bless your people, to be with your people. I pray, Lord, specifically for those who have never made a definite personal decision to trust in you, that today would be that day where they truly would make that decision to call upon your name and to know, Lord, that when they truly call upon you, they will be saved. And so, Lord, may you help to stir up in the lives of your people to make that decision to get ready. Lord, we pray for, for also those who maybe have uh, have a relationship with you but have fallen away that lord you would bring them back that you would draw them back to yourselves that they would enter into this new year with a fresh start and a fresh relationship with a renewed relationship with you god whatever we may face whatever may happen 
We thank you that you go before us, that you stand behind us, and that you are with us. We thank you for who you are. In the powerful name of your son Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.